MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, May 31st, 2021. Today, Republicans successfully block the Insurrection Commission. The Manhattan District Attorney could be looking into Little Rico charges in New York. Trump supporters shocked now that they're finding out they have to pay back the payroll tax holiday initiative. Texas Republicans finalize a bill that would allow judges to overturn the will of the people. Israeli opposition parties reach an agreement to oust Netanyahu. And the D.C. police admit for the first time that they did use tear gas against the peaceful protesters in Lafayette Square last summer. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Dana, did you have a nice weekend? You know what? It has been a lovely weekend. We're still, you know, we still have the holiday today. And hopefully everyone, I just want to say, a, I don't ever say happy Memorial Day because we're actually grieving the loss of our service members in uniform. So for those of you who have lost someone close to you and in just any anyone even not close to you, you're in my thoughts today. And thank you for their service, you know, for being a family of someone who was lost is also a huge undertaking. Yes, important to remember. I, you know, I'm, I'm visiting my mom this weekend. So if you hear kind of an echo, that's why I'm, I'm in her house. I'm not in my studio. But, you know, we remember my dad and this weekend. So yeah, that's what this is about. But you know, you are 100% okay to have a fun weekend to kick off the summer as well. Absolutely. I just want to give everybody permission to do that. This doesn't have to be a somber holiday. Just, you know, just remember. Yeah. I just said when people are like, happy Memorial Day, I'm like, ooh, okay, we can celebrate it. But that feels weird. <laughs> it, it is a little odd. But it, it, you know, it also is here in the United States. It's come to mark the beginning of summer. Absolutely. You know, hey, power to you. We're allowed to party and have a good time because of all of those who came before us. So I also want to thank Adam Klasfeld. He's going to be joining us later. We're going to talk about the Oath Keepers and their, their quick reaction force plan. You remember that? That was when they wanted to load up a boat full of guns and cross the Potomac. Oh, yeah. So that they could pick up their guns. Yeah. Which is ins- insanity. Mm-hmm. Well, that's coming out now in the public filings and, and some of the coordination efforts to actually do that are in some of the court documents. And we'll also talk about the Insurrection Commission, which was blocked by Republicans after they whitewashed the shit out of it and got everything they asked for. They blocked their own bill. Of course they did. Essentially, because they don't want the truth to come out. And it's kind of obvious why. In fact, they said why. They don't want to look bad. And they know whatever happens is going to make them look bad. I, let's not even... I mean, we we talked about this in happy hour. Cinema couldn't even vote. I mean, she couldn't even show up. She asked them to negotiate, and she couldn't even show up to vote. I'm over her. I'm over her. Yeah, and she won't say why she wasn't there either. She's like, no, no. All right. Okay. It's probably just somewhere having a cocktail with a ring that says fuck off fuck yeah yep that's it all right anyway we do have a lot of news to get to so one let's do it let's hit the hot notes hot notes all right lead story today haha from gerstein and woodruff swan at politico it appears that former prosecutors and defense attorneys believe that cy vance manhattan district attorney could be considering and probably is a criminal charge that the trump organization is a corrupt enterprise what i know 
But that's under a New York law. That's a very specific legal term, corrupt enterprise. It's a New York law known as Little Rico. Of course it is. <laughs> and there should be a neighborhood in New York called Little Rico, actually. Little Rico. <laughs> <laughs> um, the New York Enterprise Corruption Statute. It can be invoked. If you have proof of as few as three crimes involving a business or other enterprise, and can that hold that if you that's 25 up to 25 years in prison under this little Rico, wow. along with a mandatory minimum of one to three years, can't get out of it. One to three years, mandatory minimum. That would be delightful. I know. Right. And like you said, I hope there's a golf cart chase. <laughs> oh, I really do hope there's a golf cart chase. I need some music behind it. What is it? The Beverly Hillbillies or whatever? Yakety sacks or something. Yep. Yakety sacks. I want it to be a white golf cart. I just want it to be, I just want it to be as dramatic as possible. I want him to take a turn in all 239. <laughs> yeah, right. Just, you know, fans would just fall right off the side. It's going to be, I just want it to be beautiful. In fact, a too fast turn in a golf cart often tips it over. That would be awesome. Anyway, there's this guy, defense attorney. He's now a defense attorney, but he used to be a prosecutor in, in New York State. His name is Michael Shapiro. He says it's a very serious crime. He says, quote, certainly there are plenty of things an organization or business could do to run afoul of the enterprise corruption. Uh, if they're all done with the purpose of enhancing the revenue of the enterprise illegally, it's like an umbrella everything else fits under. So we've got, for example, the crime of inflating assets uh, or, de or deflating the, the ass value of assets to, in order to pay fewer taxes. We've got mm -hmm. business fraud. We've got, I mean, there are definitely three crimes in this organization and they were all to enhance the revenue of the enterprise. So it's going to be really interesting. And, you know, the fees paid to consulting fees paid to Ivanka to shield that, that money from the tax man. Anyway, mm -hmm. so many things. Uh, and as we know, Vance just impaneled a special grand jury to weigh crimes, weigh charges. My beans are on multiple counts for multiple officers, including the enterprise corruption statute. And we need to wait and see if Weisselberg flips, too. If he's interviewed by the special grand jury, I think we can safely assume he's cooperating because, as we've discussed with uh, Ellie Honig on previous episode, New York state grand jury rules don't allow for hearsay. And if you appear before the grand jury, you have immunity. So unless he waives immunity to go to the grand jury and try to convince them he's not a bad dude which there's pretty much 0% chance of that, it is a safe assumption that he has flipped if, he, if he's talking to the grand jury. So we'll keep you posted. Uh, I hope your beans are right, because that would just make me very, very happy. Uh, this next one, this is from Amy Gardner at The Post. Uh, bless, bless Texas. The Texas legislature on Saturday moved closer to enacting dozens of new restrictions on the voting process as Republican lawmakers reached a deal that imposes a raft of hurdles on casting ballots by mail and enhances civil and criminal penalties for election administrators, voters, and those seeking to assist them. It's got to be unconstitutional. That's got to be it voter intimidation, be. right? It has uh. to be. The measure would make it illegal for election officials to send out unsolicited mail ballot applications, empower partisan poll watchers, and ban practices such as drop boxes and drive-through voting that were popularized in heavily Democratic Harris County last year. Now, this is according to a final draft distributed by legislative staff to voting right advocates Saturday morning. In a last-minute addition, language was inserted in the bill making it easier to overturn an election, no longer requiring evidence. You did not misunderstand that. No, re no longer requiring evidence that fraud actually altered an outcome of a race, but rather only that enough ballots were illegally cast that could have made a difference. Hmm. So the te and I can AG I can see this other side I can see Republicans going and, and actually somehow casting illegal ballots and being like oh 
there's a legal, we're not going to tell you they're from, but we got to throw this whole thing out. Mm. The Texas legislation is now headed to the House and Senate chambers for final approval this weekend. So Governor Abbott, an ardent former guy supporter and potential 2024 presidential contender who threatened lawmakers with a special session if they did not pass a voting bill this week, is expected to sign it soon. So the bill's among, among a number of controversial measures the Texas legislature has focused on in its final hours before adjourning on Monday including a restriction on how teachers may discuss the nation's history of racism in the classroom. This is the same state that their education system passed that Moses was one of the founding fathers. So listen, clearly there's some shit going down in the education department in Texas. This is horrifying, though. So you can't vote and you can't learn history. Nope. Okay. can't. Not in Texas. I'm sh- that's, uh, super, rights- that's super American, by the way. That's really oh, yeah. the way to go. Voting rights groups have pledged to move quickly to challenge the law, of course. And President Biden condemned the measure Saturday, calling on Congress to move forward on federal voting legislation that would override many of the provisions being passed in GOP-controlled states. You know how we do that? Get rid of the fucking filibuster mansion and cinema. Mm-hmm. For God's sake already. Enough is enough. They just have to be enough ballots that would have changed the outcome of a race. And if Republicans do that, they can throw out. Well, because you don't have to actually vote for your party in the the general election. You only have to do it in the, the earlier ones. So Republicans could go in there and illegally vote Democratic and then cry wolf and be like, oh, these are illegal. Let's put them over. I mean, so much shit could go wrong. They could illegally vote Republican. It doesn't matter. It, it, it's yep. it's a, a certain number of ballots. You can over a judge can overturn the entire. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. This is going to get overturned. Just try and keep breathing. All of this I know is very scary, but a lot of it's unconstitutional and the lawyers are very hard at work. Yeah, it sounds like voter intimidation to me. A lot of this does. Yeah. Anyway, many of the former guys' political appointees got a nasty surprise when they left the government. And I told everyone about this when he did this shit. I said, hey, it's not free money, dumb fucks. You can't just not. (laughs) Hey. And no, did anyone listen to AG? The smart people did. Okay. They've been ordered now, these, these Trump appointees, to repay months of payroll taxes that had been deferred under a bid by Trump to boost the economy. It was his quote-unquote last-minute tax cut ahead of last year's elections. Those were levies, by the way, that he promised Congress would forgive. Oh, you won't have to pay those back. But he sort of promised it. Remember, he said, if you vote for me, you won't have to pay those back. Right. He knew he was setting Biden up for this because every Republican is going to make it look like this is Biden's fault. Yep. Quote, if the indebtedness is not paid in full within 30 calendar days, we intend to forward this debt to the Department of Treasury Treasury Offset Program for further collection, reads one letter to a former White House official demanding she pay $1,500. White House official. (laughs) This has left some shocked and angry. Had they only listened to our show. Uh, One former official called her $1,300 tax bill unacceptable, saying she and her colleagues gave our time and effort to this agency, and this is how we're getting paid back. It's You are dumb if you thought that you wouldn't have to pay that money. It was a deferred tax holiday. Oh, but Trump said, okay. Right, Trump's just going to give you money you didn't think you'd have to pay back? Come on. Yeah, and if you believe that guy... Don't fucking come crying to me. Okay. Now, I've got some oceanfront property in Arizona I'd love for you to look at. Mm, Crazy Times Carnival Fraud It is doing pretty well. (laughs) Another person who had to pay $1,200 back said it's just a very unfortunate situation. It's math, Susan. (laughs) 
It was a little noticed. I think you got a title for the episode. <laughs> it's math, Susan. <laughs> Sorry to all the good Susans out there. This is a little noticed addendum to Trump's much criticized plan last summer to prime the economy. Remember when he was like, I invented the phrase prime the pump. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you know that, but prime the pump, that was me. Yeah. Then when he talked to the economist, this was part of that. In August, he issued an executive order allowing employers to put off paying their workers' share of the 12.4% Social Security tax for the rest of the year. The idea was to boost consumer spending by putting more money in the pockets of millions. But the initiative was widely rejected by private sector employees, in part because they they feared workers would be unprepared to have to pay the money back, right? It was mandatory, though. So a lot of private businesses didn't defer the payroll tax. They kept taking it out because they knew that their workers were going to have to pay it back. But it was mandatory for federal employees, myself included, making less than 4000 per a biweekly paycheck. And the government began implementing it in September. I thought it was a plot to defund Social Security. And of course, when Biden gets in the White House, he's like, no, we have to get all that money back. Trump said many times he expected Congress to eventually forgive the debts, but lawmakers didn't do that, though they did agree to give people more time to pay the money back. So while the IRS had initially wanted the money paid back this year, between January and the end of April, matching the four-month length of the deferral, Congress has agreed to give the people the entire year to repay it. So, sorry, but, you know, if you thought you thought you could just not pay taxes and it'd be cool. Yeah. You fell for, uh, you fell for the ruse. Now, uh, on this next story, listen, I just want to make it a drinking game. Uh, take a shot for every name I mispronounce because there's going to be probably one or two. I feel like AG did this on purpose. I'm kidding. Please don't drink. You'll end up in... The Betty Ford Clinic. Okay. (laughs) A diverse coalition of Israeli opposition parties said Sunday, this is actually a really cool story. It's big. This is huge. Huge. Said Sunday that they have the votes. I love it. We have the votes to form a unity government to unseat Netanyahu, Israel's longest serving leader and its dominant political figure for more than a decade. They have enough to unseat him. So under their agreement, reached after weeks of negotiation, spearheaded by centrist opposition leader, Yair Lapid, former Netanyahu defense minister and ally Naftali Bennett, will lead a power-sharing government. So Bennett's 49 would serve as, as Israel's next prime minister, and this is according to terms of the deal reported by Israeli media, to be succeeded in that role by Lapid, 57, at a later date. So they're setting up a handoff here. The, the baton's going on. Splitsies. He said, yes, we could go to fifth elections, sixth elections, until our home falls upon us, or we could stop the madness and take responsibility. Mm. Bennett said in a televised... God, that's such a powerful statement. Bennett said in a televised... I wish they would do this in Russia. Bennett said in a televised statement Sunday evening, he continued, said, today, I would like to announce that I intend to join my friend Yair Lapid, because I got a little correction on an edit that you all didn't hear, that I think is more correct, uh, Lapid, in forming a unity government. So Lapid is expected on Monday to inform President <laughs> Reuven Rivlin. Feeling about that, Allison? I like it. Great. Reuven Rivlin, kind of a cool name, of his ability to form a government with the support of Bennett and will have a week to finalize coalition deals. At the end of the week, the government will come up for a vote of confidence in the Knesset. So Netanyahu has struggled to hold on to power after four inconclusive elections in the past two years while facing an ongoing corruption trial. Bennett is one of several former loyalists who have flirted with joining the so-called Change Coalition, That's a collection of parties that span the political spectrum, but share a desire to end Netanyahu's 12-year tenure. This is fucking brilliant. Somebody's like, we got to do it. 
got to do it. So they're doing it. They're forming a coalition government. Yeah. And that quote was super powerful. You're right. That whole, we could go to fifth election, sixth elections until our home falls upon us, or we can stop the yeah. madness and take responsibility it's for Bennett to say that. Do you feel like saying that to the QAnon GOP right now? <laughs> I know, right? I know, God. right? Republicans, take your damn party back. I mean, I didn't like you before, but I really don't like you now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be interesting too, because what, you know, out of office, Netanyahu, he's facing criminal indictment. He could be sent to jail. And I think that's going to be a, a kind of a, you know, if, if if the former guy wasn't freaking out enough, there might be a little bit of a, a kick up down at Mar-a-Lago if a, if a former leader goes to jail. Oh, <laughs> so, that would be beautiful. Anyway, very interesting development. Very huge news. Uh, so thank you for that. And finally, a lawyer for the D.C. police. And you you and I knew this, Dana. They said in a, oh, in, yeah. said in court for the first time, the D.C. police said the department did indeed used tear gas on protesters around Lafayette Square Park last June. Protesters in the ACLU are suing federal police and MPD over their use of of tear gas. But MPD has consistently said it was not involved in what happened at Lafayette Square Park on June 1st, 2020, when the protesters were forcefully cleared minutes before the former guy walked over to St. John's Episcopal. In a federal court hearing Friday, the police department's attorney gave reasons for why the department used tear gas and other chemical irritants on the protesters. Quote, the curfew, violence of past nights, chaos created by federal defendants, discharge of tear gas in that direction was not unreasonable. That's attorney Richard Sabicki uh, representing Metro Police. Bullshit. Sabicki added that because officers did not target specific protesters, their constitutional rights were not violated. However, that does violate the utilization of chemical irritants. You're not supposed to just spray it generally on a Mm, anyway, it's just sort of brushed past the fact that they've never admitted to using tear gas. So many people like Glenn Greenwald and, and the former guy and, and former guy supporters have been like, it wasn't tear gas. You're stupid. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, it was. And they used other chemical irritants and they admitted to it in court. So that's what's happening with that to kind of a, a little bit of a shocking revelation uh, almost a year after the fact. Uh, All right, we'll be right back with Adam Klasfeld. We're going to discuss the Potomac boatload of guns and the Oath Keepers one if by sea, two if by sea, one if by land, two if by sea operation, along with thoughts about what happens now. The Republicans have blocked their own commission legislation. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG from The Beans. Hosting the podcast has made me very curious about the puzzling mysteries of life, as you can imagine. Where is Jimmy Hoffa, for example? Is there a city of Atlantis? Is Ted Cruz actually a swarm of roaches wearing a human suit? When you need a break from contemplating the big questions, it's time to take on a puzzle that's meant to be solved, like the literally thousands of puzzle-solving levels on Best Fiends. And unlike mulling over the mysteries of the universe, Best Fiends leaves your brain feeling refreshingly challenged. Best Fiends makes my brain feel invigorated, like I just got out of a nice hot sauna for my head, or like I just had a deep tissue massage in the frontal lobes. It's so awesome. And the best thing is that it doesn't require the internet so I can play it anywhere, anytime. I don't have to worry about Wi-Fi or using cell data. I've been playing for over a year. I still get the rush when I beat a level. I absolutely love it. And I love the increasingly challenging puzzles and the beautiful visual design. It's very calming. Best Fiends has a ton of puzzles to solve. And unlike other matching puzzle games where you just do the same thing over and over again, Best Fiends has variety and strategy. The only downside, sometimes I can't stop playing. I'm already on level like 2086. (laughs) But there are thousands of levels still waiting. With Best Fiends, there's something new every day to play. 
They always keep it fresh. I love the new updates. Uh, I love building up my characters, leveling them up, using them to destroy the slugs. It's really fun. So if you're hungry for a near endless supply of fun puzzles, the kind you can actually enjoy solving, try out Best Fiends. Just don't blame me if you can't turn it off. So download the five-star rated puzzle game now. Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am joined today by senior investigative reporter and editor at Law and Crime News and the host of the podcast, Objections. Please welcome back Adam Klasfeld. Adam, hello. Hi. How are you doing? I am doing really well this weekend. Thank you. And the reason I really wanted to talk to you was because, and I think listeners will remember this, a, a while back, you remember, I remember there was an insurrectionist who had plans to fill a boat up with guns and take it across the Potomac as <laughs> part of the insurrection. And then that was sort of the last we heard about it. Until now, this new piece that you just penned, can you tell us about it? Absolutely. So hours before the Senate GOP essentially killed the January 6th commission, there was a new filing in the case against one of the Oath Keepers who've been charged with the Capitol siege. And this filing contained new information about this boat plot that we heard about. The New York Times reported about it in February. and there were all these internal messages. Now, a little bit of background. This particular Oath Keeper was released on bond recently because of health issues. Now, he wanted to relax the restrictions of his bond. Was he the was he the guy with the spinal fusion guy, or is this exactly, a different health? Exactly, exactly. Ah, okay, so, I gotcha. So, Thomas Caldwell and yes. his... So prosecutors wanted to keep the conditions set as they were, and they essentially told the judge, look at these alarming messages that we found. Now, these messages were the messages that spoke to this boat plot, which incidentally became public just as the vote to essentially block the January 6th commission happened. And these messages had the leader of the Oath Keepers Florida chapter, Kelly Meggs, uh, a allegedly saying all of these things, one if by land, two if by sea, calling to mind, you know, the long, Longfellow poem and Paul Revere, but uh, also uh, saying quite explicitly that they wanted to bring men with guns as a sort of worst case scenario, in the words of these messages, uh, that if everything went down badly and uh, interestingly enough, from one of the messages that if pre- if the president needs us or if the president calls us was the way one of the messages stated, uh, that they would have this backup plan where other militia members would go via the Potomac through a boat and uh, make their way to support uh, the other oak keepers who were at the Capitol. And so we got a kind of unprecedented insight into this thing that was vaguely alluded to in February and inside this legal brief by prosecutors saying, hey, don't relax the restrictions. These people are dangerous. We saw uh, essentially stills from security camera footage from the hotel where they were staying. And that hotel was essentially where they were going to, if needed, have this standby crew of men with guns on the boat. And the stills of the surveillance footage 
showed essentially long objects under blankets in the hotel that prosecutors note look curiously shaped like rifles. Wow. So Meg's from your piece here, Meg's sends this message out. One if by land, north side of the Lincoln Memorial. Right. Two if by sea, corner of West Basin in Ohio is a water transport landing, right? Right. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to go ahead and read Caldwell's response to Meg's call. Absolutely. It says, and it's a little bit lengthy, it says, can't believe I just thought of this. How many people, either in the militia or not, who are still supportive of our efforts to save the Republic, have a boat on a trailer that could handle the Potomac crossing? If we had something standing by at a dock ramp, one near the Pentagon for sure, we could have our quick response team with the heavy weapons standing by, quickly load them and ferry them across the river to our waiting arms. I'm not talking about a bass boat. (laughs) Anyone who would be interested in supporting the team this way, I will buy the fuel, more or less be hanging around, sipping coffee, and maybe scooting on the river a bit and pretending to fish. Then if all went to shit, our guy loads our weps and Blue Ridge militia weps and ferries them across. Dude, If we had two boats, we could ferry across and never drive into D.C. at all. Then get picked up. Is there a way, please, to pass the word along, folks, you know, and see if someone would be willing to jump in the middle of this to help? I am spreading the word, too. Genius if someone is willing and hasn't put their boat away for the winter. Wow. Right. Right. So has the judge ruled on on um, whether or not he can be released? Well, so that has already been ruled upon before this. He was. Oh, right. So right. This is, what's at issue now is will his pretrial restrictions be further relaxed? And that's essentially what's at issue here. The, the man who wrote that message that you just recited is out on bond and thinks that the conditions of his bond are too onerous. And the prosecutors are saying, hold it right there. Look at what our investigation turned up. And that was where they disclosed more about this uh, boat plot that they're alleging and where they disclosed more information about uh, person one. Person one in the indictment is uh, said to be the leader of the Oath Keepers, never named, but it's public information. The leader of the Oath Keepers is Stuart Rhodes. There's person three, more information about person three in that uh, court filing. Uh, who is as yet unidentified, but if you read the filing closely, they appear to have new information about this person. They know that this person was at the hotel. That person was allegedly in charge of this quick reaction force. That was part of this plan B, where they were going to be on call. The New York Times reported awaiting direction from Trump. Uh, There's, you can see the you know, broad outlines of that in the messages that were released then. And so a lot of new information just became public with this filing. Um, wow. And then was there also a person 10 in this case? I believe so. Now, there are a lot of filings that uh, the Oath Keepers case has uh, 10 individuals. In yeah, the, I'm thinking of person 10 in the Oath Keepers. And I just I had wondered if they had been identified, but I, I don't I think they're still just person 10. But person three sounds very interesting. Absolutely, especially because prosecutors have alleged he's the head of this quick reaction force that's behind this, you know, men with guns on a boat plot. 
Um, And that's coming very much into focus in that case. Wow. Well, I do have a couple more quick questions for you, but I have to take a break. Will you stay with us? Absolutely. Thanks, Adam. We'll be right back, everyone. Hey, everybody, it's AG from The Beans, and this portion of the show is brought to you by Credit Karma. If you're looking to improve your finances in 2021, I really recommend checking out Credit Karma. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more with Credit Karma Money Spend. It's an account you can open up and you'll be awarded for good money habits. And when you see your Credit Karma Money debit card and you use it, when you every time you use it, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and when you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. So open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of 50,000 ATMs and counting. Credit Karma Money. Progress starts here. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma with a K dot com slash winmoney. Right now, that's visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank, Inc. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Everybody, welcome back. We are talking to the senior investigative reporter and editor of Law and Crime and host of the podcast Objections, which you have to listen to if you haven't yet, Adam Klasfeld. And, and before the break, Adam, we were talking about this, this new case or, you know, more information coming out on Caldwell. And who, you know, possibly the, you know, who person three is and, you know, them being the leader of this quick reaction, you know, boat gun force on the across the Potomac. Mm. I only laugh because it's so it's just it's mind blowing for me. And now that was coming out as we get the news that only I think six or seven Republicans supported the bipartisan commission and cinema and Murray didn't even show up. So we didn't we didn't have enough votes to pass. The commission. What are our options now? So right now, there's, of course, the DOJ's uh, ongoing investigations, uh, and we'll see what happens from that. Part of the hope behind the January 6th commission was essentially that uh, they, and we remember this from A.G. Garland's confirmation hearings, would they go up the chain? Will they go for the bigger fish? And some of the criticism about the investigation now is that this has not, you know, there was a lot of folks wondering, uh, will lawmakers uh, be implicated in this? Will people who funded it, will people who were not uh, necessarily on the ground in the Capitol but making everything possible behind the scenes. Right. Certainly part of the conspiracy, right? Certainly Absolutely. part of the conspiracy. Right. You know. And this far into it, we haven't seen uh, any indictments to that effect, any charges to that effect, or even any much about any investigation. There haven't been, uh, you know, if it's been going on, that information hasn't been made public. So there's there's that. To what extent, can we learn about what happened through the criminal process? And as you know, just as our last conversation established, we are learning more every day. In fact, we learned more hours before that vote. And then after that vote, there was a new indictment of another person charged with assaulting an officer. So there's that avenue. There have been talks, and uh, I'm not as deeply knowledgeable about what will, you know, 
there people have been uh, calling for a special prosecutor. Um, I I don't know personally. You know, I haven't really uh, researched what is going on inside the Biden administration in regards to how much they're exploring that as an option or how much um, house side of things they are uh, considering that, you know, there have been ongoing house investigations, but, uh, but there haven't been any kind of public announcements from the administration or members of Congress about exploring alternatives to the commission that were set forward. Yeah. Because anything else that happens now is going to be, considered partisan. Not that that would make a difference in the Republicans' response to it. I think the important part is to get the information out and get it out in 2022, you know, over the course of that year after the investigation is done. But yeah, I think, you know, special prosecutor, special counsel, which is appointed by attorney general or an independent counsel, which is appointed by the judiciary, by the courts, uh, as recommended by the attorney general, you can have the president, if he felt like it could maybe try to sign an executive order putting together a commission, though I think that would be sued and blocked probably, because I think that that commission has to be formed by the legislature. But Nancy Pelosi can certainly form a select committee to to look into it, which would give her, give the Democrats subpoena power and not give subpoena power to Republicans, nor the ability to block subpoenas to the Republicans, which is what the bipartisan commission did. But then, of course, it gives carte blanche to Republicans to say it's a partisan shit show. Right. And I think that that was one of the reasons why they were hoping, and especially since it started out. I mean, we have to remember the the whole idea of the January 6th commission took off because there was, at least in this one committee, um, they, they had reached an agreement on a way to move forward. But eventually Mitch McConnell pulling that favor uh, to stifle <laughs> transparency about it. Uh, you know, there it, it seemed for that shining moment, uh, there was bipartisan agreement in a single committee. And then it all went south. Yeah. And are the are the Democrats like Manchin and, and Pelosi? I mean, are they is this performative pearl clutching? Because they seem very surprised that they would make concessions to the Republicans and then not get votes. <laughs> and um, that's pretty much how they fucking operate. So I'm not sure. I, I just feel like it's co- sort of political theater. Like, I can't believe this. Oh, my gosh, this is t- uh, uh, wow. And then that kind of gives them a little cover to put together their own non like partisan, actual partisan select committee on that. The Benghazi, <laughs> right? You know, is what it would right. be, except except the insurrection actually was bad. So it's going right. to be. Um, I mean, they I mean, they they have laid the groundwork of saying, hey, we tried to do this in a bipartisan manner. As a matter of fact, you know, Speaker Pelosi said time and again, we had we acceded to every single demand that minority leader Kevin McCarthy asked of us, and it still went nowhere. And 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 McConnell still asked his caucus to you know, pull the favor. So they absolutely have that cover if they want to take that sort of action. Well, I hope somebody does. I, I hope they do all three, uh, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> uh, and just drag it out. And and I, I want to clarify to listeners when I say Benghazi, except Benghazi wasn't, you know, the, the insurrection was bad. Benghazi was bad. I, I just want to say it. Benghazi was bad, but there was no criminal wrongdoing found. And that's a, the difference here is that I think that there is criminal wrongdoing. 
in the insurrection. Anyway, just wanted to clarify that uh, before I got the emails. Benghazi was pretty bad, AG. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, I want to ask you about objections because your latest guest is... Tell us, tell us what's going on with your show because this is amazing. Well, thank you very much. So our last episode this past Tuesday was the anniversary, of course, of George Floyd's murder. And shortly before the show, you know, a couple of weeks before the show, someone reached out to us who is essentially a, a new Chauvin accuser. She's a Minneapolis mother of a then 12-year-old child who's her child in early 2017 was in the uh, middle of a mental health crisis mm. and who responded other than Derek Chauvin. And she says that Chauvin threw down her kid, put a knee on the child's back and neck. The child had trouble breathing. She, it was a terrible experience, but one of many in her families, there's a lot of difficulty. So, but essentially what happened is years later, the Chauvin video came out. And she recognized Chauvin immediately. The George Floyd video came out. She recognized Chauvin immediately. She then learned that Chauvin allegedly uh, uh, assaulted another teenager, a 14-year-old who's the subject of Chauvin's second federal civil rights indictment. That's what I was going to ask, if this was a different, a third case now that, that's emerging, This right? is yet another case. And oh as a matter God. of fact, that 14-year-old, that was later in 2017, so months before that case, which is the subject of the second civil rights uh, indictment against Chauvin, there was another case involving a then 12-year-old child. And this case, uh, what makes this case, in my view, very important and newsworthy is it goes to a heart of a national conversation in uh, criminal justice that's happening right now is mental health and policing. There was a two days after Chauvin's verdict, there was a Senate hearing on behavioral health and policing, and that a number of victims of police violence are in the throes of a mental health crisis. This was this Minneapolis mother, uh, Amy Coughlin's then 12-year-old child. So this was a... Uh, it, it falls into this conversation of uh, mental health and policing and, and two other at the center of this story, Derek Chauvin, which she confirmed she had Chauvin's uh, blue card and Minneapolis police need to give a blue card when responding to incidents at households. She, she got the card. She looked up the badge number. She got the police report. This is a confirmed case where Chauvin did respond with her kid. She's trying to get the video of the encounter, body cam video. Uh, Minneapolis police say they do not have it, um, but our episode explores it in lengthy detail. Wow, that's kind of, that's fascinating. Everybody, it's called objections. You need to hear it. And I mean, I wonder if, if the Department of Justice is, is going to look into that as well now. We'll see. Hopefully, well, we, we and... have we have reached out to them, and uh, mm -hmm. we will, of course, update the story if we uh, learn of any developments of any uh, Department of Justice investigation, any uh, Minnesota Attorney General investigation. We've reached out to all of the authorities, and we'll be keeping on that story. 
Good. Yes. Let us know. And uh, everybody check out Objections and uh, definitely want to read law and crime news. Adam Klasfeld, I appreciate your time today. Thank you very much for having me. Always a pleasure. Always. Always a pleasure. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. It's AG. And if you're like me, you are thrilled by the recent news of the world opening up to travel again. You're probably already planning your next trip. The absolute best place to start your journey is at Context Learning. With Context, I am learning about the destinations I plan to visit. It's like getting insider knowledge from the place you want to go and the go-to places for my next big trip before I even hop on a plane. Context runs live, expert-led courses and virtual tours around the globe. In a given day, you can uncover ancient Rome with an archaeologist, go behind the velvet rope at the Louvre with an art expert, or walk the streets of St. Petersburg with a local guide, all from home. Last time I traveled to Europe, I learned so much about the history of the different countries and my family's own roots. And if you love to travel and love learning as much as I do, and you appreciate context and curated history and information, you have to try this. You're going to love it. For a limited time, when you buy one virtual tour, you'll get a second tour free when you use promo code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at contextlearning.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-X-T-L-E-A-R-N-I-N-G.com, contextlearning.com. And use promo code DAILYBEANS. Again, that's contextlearning.com. You are going to love this. And today's show is also brought to you by Monk Pack. You know, I'm a snacker. I eat snacks. I'm a grazer. And that's what kills me because it's hard to find healthy snacks. But Monk Pack has solved that all. The Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars. They contain less than one gram of sugar, only two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 150 calories. And they're great for anyone following a keto lifestyle. The perfect snack on the go. I take one with me in my little pack when I go on hikes and stuff. It's, it hits the spot. It's super satisfying. They're so good for you. And they have this these the Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars. Perfect balance of sweet and salty and crunch but still chewy and delicious. It, it's just so satisfying in so many ways. And they have great flavors like caramel sea salt, sea salt dark chocolate, peanut butter dark chocolate. My favorite right now is the caramel sea salt. It is my favorite. And since they're packed with protein, like I said, they're filling and satisfying. They hit the spot. They tide you over and they have, they are, check this out, gluten-free, plant-based, non-GMO, no soy, no trans fats, no sugar alcohols, no artificial colors. Really amazing. I'm kind of obsessed with them. And I signed up for a subscription for my favorite kinds. It saves me 10% on every order and they ship right to my house. Getting these delicious treats delivered to me on a regular basis has helped me so much in an effort to eat healthier. So try it for yourself. You'll see. We have a special deal for listeners. Get 20% off any purchase, your first purchase at monkpack.com and enter code dailybeans at checkout. Monkpack is so confident in their product. It has a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll exchange your product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. So to get started, just go to monkpack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com and select any product then enter code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. Monk Pack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on, and we thank them for sponsoring the show. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news. It's on the way. All right. Uh, we have so much good news today. Thank you for submitting it. I love the Monday good news. It's the best good news of the week. Actually, it's it's good every day, but it just has a, I think it has a bigger impact on Monday because we're all just coming back. I know, just to start, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, if you have anything you want to send in to us, you can do so uh, by going to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. That's how you do that. So I'm just going to kick us off. Uh, we've got something here from Anonymous, pronouns he and him. AG, please consider a co-host from Muller, she wrote. This is not a criticism of your considerable skill, rather a request for those of us who can't quite keep up with the barrage of information. 
When you have a co-host, they often ask pertinent questions and the back and forth between you really helps elucidate the details. And of course, the banter is entertaining. A discussion among smart, funny people was always a key part of Muller She Wrote's appeal for me. I can't keep up with your brain. It probably doesn't help that I'm listening to you at 1.4 times the speed and on edibles. (laughs) (laughs) But I need someone to ask questions when uh, that I'm asking when I listen. I will do my best anonymous, but um, I'll do my best to try to find a co-host. So just like put that out. Will somebody just sit and listen to me and ask questions? Uh, I'll see what I can put together. But that's that's a very good point. I've got a couple of key people that I could ask too. So oh. we'll see. All right. Um, thanks for kicking us off with that. This next one's from Vanessa, pronouns she and her. Here's a bit of animal-related fun. What them up for you. My family and I adopted two tuxedo kitties a while back, Pablo and Chulo. Pablo likes to accompany us when we walk our dog, Charlie. It always cracks us up and it's been a source of joy during the pandemic. Now without them, life would be kind of dull. Chulo has a titanium rod in his leg because he had an unfortunate encounter with a coyote. He used to walk with us, but now seems happier to remain a chunky house cat. (laughs) Bonus, can you guess what kind of mutt Charlie is? He's 15 and he's the king of our household. Thank you, XOXO. Oh my God, I love that the cat is walking with you. Hard to guess the mutt from the butt. Yeah. Doesn't look like we have answers either, but he looks kind of like a... Like a lab corgi or something. Shepherd something. Yep. Chow chow. Because, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. Little hoary dogs. Yep. <laughs> I love chows. <laughs> uh, and that, but that cat is adorable. Look at that walking. So cute. All right. Next up from uh, Jean. Pronoun she and her. Can we play what the cat? Of course we can. Let's see. The kitty on the left is my granddaughter Greta in her Halloween costume. The one on the right is her cat Stubby named for his odd bent tail. Stubby moved into my daughter's house through the cat door and refused to leave, even though the other cat hated him. A search for his previous family proved unfruitful. He had a tiger stripes on his face, legs and tail, and a plush plush tawny hair like a lion pelt on his body. He was the sweetest, most loving cat in the world. Sit down anywhere in the house and you would have a purring fur boa around your neck. My dental hygienist knows cats and identified Stubby's breed. Answer after a pause for a misheard lyric. When Greta's mother was five years old, she heard and sang O Tannenbaum as O Cannonball. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. In Peter's opinion, Stubby was an Abby Tabby. That's an Abyssinian Tabby mix. Sadly, Stubby is no longer with us. But the good news is Greta is now old enough to vote in the June election. Whoa. Oh, wow. I'm I see. I was totally going to guess that this was a Abyssinian Tabby cat. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Well, I can see the I can see the Abyssinian in them, but I wouldn't have. I didn't know Tabby was even a breed. I thought that was the coloration. So I don't know too much about cat breeds, unless they're like the the obvious ones, like a sphinx, like a tux, or a or a short hair, oh, the hairless. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not. I don't know either. But I do think it's funny that cats, like dogs, and I know this isn't across the board, but for the most part, if there's a stray dog, he's going to come to the house and sit on the porch. A cat's going to walk right the fuck in and be like, this is my house now. Yeah. This is my house now. Yep. Totally. just kind of hang in. There you go. Totally. All right. This next one's from B. It's a short one, but I just want to say thank you for leaving Marjorie. Marjorie. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to thank you for leaving Marjorie Green's middle name out of the show's written description. I'm so tired of hearing good people waste six syllables on that half wit. Her (laughs) name can definitely be said in two notes. I love you all. And I look forward to listening every day. Marjorie Green. I wonder if Marjorie was a... (laughs) typo and if it was thank you (laughs) (laughs) that's great that's the new one 
You want to take the next one too? Yeah, you got it. All right. This is from Glenn pronouncing him. Dear new radiant storm queens of the beans age. Oh, nice. I have a few. Yes. I have a a few Mondo greens for you today. From Elton John's Benny and the Jets, I somehow heard she's got electric boots. I'm all her suit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Which means that I first tried to understand these lyrics during a period of my life where I knew the word her suit. Thank you very much for continuing on with that because I was like, I'm just going to pretend. But was not familiar with mohair suits. Why Elton John would be particularly her suit? I have no idea. (laughs) All right. Second. When the Taylor Swift song Blank Space, I heard Starbucks lovers instead of Starcrossed lovers. Okay, B, I don't know who you are. I still hear Starbucks lovers. <laughs> a, a long list of Starbucks lovers. This is yep. I'm, I will never change it. I still sing at Starbucks lovers. Finally, because this came up the other day, it's in your blood. It's in your boobs. You're a man of the street moves. You belong to the city, Glenn Fry. Wow. Probably not. Yeah, I doubt, yep. I doubt, yep. it's, the, yep. it's, I doubt it's in your boobs. Well, yep. I don't know. I haven't seen Glenn Fry in a while. So come to think of it, I'm not sure I didn't mishear Benny's boots the same way. I was a teenage boy. Please forgive me. <laughs> I feel you, B. <laughs> I feel you. For the pod tax, I present our rumbunctious Tom Cat, Hudson. He has lately been exploring all sorts of areas I never thought a cat even could before him. Please find the cat, bonus cat photo, and a solution provided below. Thanks for all the news and swearing and for the helping me feel a little less alone in swearing at the news and for validating mental health seeking. You're welcome, Glenn. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's take a look at Glenn's pictures here. Uh, okay. I'm going to try and find the cat without the cheat sheet. Oh, I got it. Um, look up by the light. <gasps> oh, it, ha. that's a cool light fixture too. That is really impressive. A cat could get up there. Look at this baby with the beans on the piece. Oh my goodness. What a gorgeous fit. Yep. <laughs> I like this as like highlight magazine. Like find the cat, find the owl, find the flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. Highlights doctor's office. Takes me All right. AG, hit, hit us with it. Let's close us out today. Uh, we got two more left actually. Oh no, we have two more. Next up. I'll close you out. Next up from Lauren, pronouns she and her. Hello, lovely ladies. Daily listener here. Can't start my workday without those beans. While listening to the story about the Prescott, 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 Prescott debacle, (laughs) uh, it's got me thinking it would be a great new game to play. Try to pronounce the town names. I'm hoping another listener could come up with a snazzy name for it because I got nothing. So I live in Mah, and we have insane amounts of town names that sound nothing like what you'd think. Here's the fun ones to try. Did you just say I live in Mah? Mah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's short for Massachusetts. <laughs> Man, that was cute. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I know. I stole that from Click and Clack. The Taffer. The who are they? Click and Clack. You know the brothers from. I want to help this time. I have no idea. <laughs> Why did I help? Car talk. I almost said town talk, which is a fake show on UHF with Weird Al Yankovic, and that's not it. <laughs> Car talk. That's who I'm thinking of. Click and Clack. They live in Boston. Meh. They always say. All right, let's try these. There's Balerica, which is probably. I would have said Billerica, <laughs> which is probably wrong. It's probably like Balerka or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Worcester, we get. Yeah, that's Worcester. Uh, Lish, <laughs> Lister, Lester, right? Instance, yeah, Lester. Uh, Lominister? Lo, lo, Le, it looks Leo? like Leo, Leo Minster, but it's probably Leminster. Minster. And Gloucester, right? Instead of Gloucester. I'm so glad I didn't have to read this one. <laughs> good, good luck, ladies. Good luck, ladies. Oh, here's how you say oh, them. God damn it. There's a whole key right here. All right. <gasps> I was right. It's Bill Ricca. Bill Ricca. Worcester, Lester, Lemonster, 
and Gloucester. Gloucester. Oh, look, we, we did pretty good. Not bad. You did much better, but yes. Bill Ricca. I, uh, I was like, <laughs> Malort. It's just pronounced Malort. That's what I call everything. That I'm I one of those assholes that's like, why isn't phonetics spelled the way it sounds? You know, because <laughs> it's not. Phonetics. Yeah. And then she <laughs> goes on here to say, uh, Lauren closes out and say, or if you want to sound like a true masshole, pronounce the last three with a st instead of a stir on the end. Glista, Worcester. Yeah. Lemonster. Lemonster. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank there you, you so much. Well, that's a good game. So if you want to try to make us pronounce your town names, Send them in. That's a fun one. And, and so we need All a clever right. name for it. We can just call it the Prescott. Right. We, we'll find something for it, I think. All right. We're going to go all around the town or something like that. <laughs> okay. Nah. This one's from Natalie. Pronoun she and her. Dear AGDG, I had to write to tell my BFFs. Hope that's not weird. I mean, you do hang out with me five hours a week. That I'm totally officially ABD. Woo-hoo! All but dis- <laughs> yeah, dis- dissertation. All but dissertation. Ah, got it. Congratulations. After having a baby, I decided I'd go get a doctorate, because why not, yep. as, the, as one does. So, with a one-year-old, I went back for my DMA in vocal pedagogy so that I can teach opera singers how to sing better. I wanted to get out of the house and regain my identity as a singer and a person with a brain after a year of maternity leave and part-time work. Hey, Allison, do you notice, like, when I read these, like, the moment that I'm like, ooh, <laughs> this is, yeah. Well, one and a half semesters in came the spring break that never ended. <laughs> yes, it did. I've done the last two and a half semesters at home online with spotty childcare. Well, I thought she was going to say spotty internet, but she said spotty <laughs> childcare. While I keep the books and run our LLC and work as a teaching assistant at my university. The last year has been hubs and me tossing a toddler back and forth while we each scrambled to get our own work done. I took my classes asynchronously and did my homework after bedtime. So every weekend, my mommy worked is my mommy work time. My saint of a husband would load the kiddo into the car early in the morning. And while I waved out the window, I would also, I would hear my kiddo ask, what's mommy doing? My husband would answer, mom is going to be a doctor. Occasionally, I would hear a sad, small voice answer, but I miss her. I don't want mommy to be a doctor. The degree turned into a piece of paper I couldn't wait to be done with instead of an exciting reemergence back into a field I love. Now, in April, I sat for my comprehensive exams, six hours covering all of Western music history. I had studied my ass off. And well, this wouldn't be the, quote, good news segment if I didn't tell you that I passed. (laughs) I'd be like, and I failed. Bye. See you later. (laughs) Not only did I pass, but my one friend who has worked at the university for 12 years said she's never seen a higher score. Rock on. Now, I'm hopeful for at least one year of relative normal. Two recitals, a dissertation, a defense, and then I will only ever answer to Dr. Natalie. Mm -hmm. Hell yes, Mm -hmm. Natalie. Mm -hmm. Thank you for all you do. XOXO kisses and hugs. Awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah, that was kind of the, that was sort of the impetus for my, for me to finish my dissertation. It was just hanging there over my head. And, you know, the former guy won and then all the Republicans at work were kind of like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, nah, I got to make these dick bags call me doctor. So I went back and finished. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> anyway, thank you for that. Congratulations. I cannot even believe it's sitting six hours for that's, whew, but you'll get your dissertation done. It, it'll happen. But you know what? All but dissertation is awesome as well. So congrats. And thank you everyone for sending in the pictures. I love this one with the Abby Tabby and the granddaughter who is now going to be eligible to vote in June's I election. It's oh, amazing. Wonderful. Thank you. If you guys have anything you want to send us, you can do so. And if you want to name the new game, 
about making us pronounce town names or township names or village names. I think people are just trying to torture me at this point. <laughs> you can do that. Uh, you can do it. Everything. Send everything in to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And that's it. Do you have anything before we get out of here, Dana? I do not. I want everyone to continue to enjoy their holiday. Summer's coming and this summer's going to be a lot more enjoyable. So that's all I have to say. Yes, promise. Everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been Allison Gill. And I've been Dana Goldberg. And that's the what? No, no. That's? That's a bean. (laughs) Now that I'm Allison Gill... Instead of AG, I'm all formal now. I'm all, that's the yeah. beans. <laughs> and them, and those were the thy beans. And those were thou beans. Those be the beans, and also with you. Uh, anyway, them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill, with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane, with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.